Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 or older. What's going on, everybody? It's week 11 of the fantasy football season, and we're here to talk about what's going on in the world of fantasy football. And there's a lot of stuff. Uh, Eddie Spaghetti joins me today. We've got four teams on by. We have a lot of injuries, a lot to get to today. It's going to be a great episode. Thanks for joining us. Eddie, how was your weekend? It was very good. Um, you know, Giants took care of business. Uh, after the bye, it was, you know, plain and simple. You had to beat a bad team. They did that. The Eagles helping out my Giants by losing their first game to the Commanders. That Your Dallas Cowboys also helping out the Giants uh, by losing to the Packers. Uh, picked both those games wrong. Did not see that, that happening. That looks like the Packers of old. The Commanders have some life in them. The Eagles, I thought, were going to destroy them, but... Um, that's why that's the theme of this NFL season. A lot of parity, a lot of teams that shouldn't win win are winning games. A lot of teams that shouldn't lose games are losing games. Uh, I love the Vikings Bills game. That was wild. Officiating kind of iffy, but all in all, a, a pretty fun weekend of football. Did the Packers look like the Green Bay of old, though? I don't think on so. paper. On paper, seeing like Maybe. the Aaron Jones game, seeing Aaron Rodgers' only- stat line, it looked a little bit yeah, closer so- to what we're used to. I will say that I don't know why Green Bay can't figure out that when they let Aaron Jones run the ball, everything goes better for them. Like, I don't know why they can't figure that out. I hope they do. Obviously, this week it's a tough matchup versus the Titans for Aaron Jones. But still, um, Aaron Rodgers only passed for 222 yards. We're going to talk about Christian Watson because he's going to be one of the top waiver wire claims for this week. 107 yards, three touchdowns. Finished the week as the wide receiver, two Behind CeeDee Lamb, interestingly, had a two-touchdown game. But the reason CeeDee Lamb finished ahead of him is because he actually caught passes. Like, Christian Watson still has bad drops all the time. And so my question is, moving forward, yes, I do think you should put your claims in for Christian Watson. He has potential to be a league winner. But is he really going to be Aaron Rodgers' guy? No Romeo Dobbs, that helps. But Alan Lazard played a lot more snaps. And I don't know. I don't know that I trust that this is the real resurgence of the Green Bay Packers. How do you feel about the Green Bay Packers in general offensively after seeing how well they played versus Dallas? The thing you said before, Jen, about how they don't realize when they run Aaron Jones, life is easier for them. That was the whole theme of this offseason where they lose Devontae Adams, obviously. They don't really do much to help Aaron Rodgers at the receiver position uh, in the offseason. Didn't do a deadline either. We knew that if this team kind of transformed into the Aaron Jones AJ Dillon show like okay maybe you could figure out not having those those high-end receivers uh it, you know yeah Aaron Rodgers didn't throw for a ton of yards but he looked closer to normal obviously if, if Dak doesn't throw those interceptions I think this game's outcome is probably a little bit different uh, I'm happy to see that maybe he has a little bit more trust in Watson obviously Randall Cobb maybe coming back he has uh, you know obviously history with him too so maybe down this weird stretch run uh they're gonna feel a little bit more comfortable but it's like too little too late especially to win the division because of you know how good the the Vikings have been so in terms of the football playoffs uh, I'm not sure about the the Packers but in terms of fantasy if you have Aaron Rodgers I do on on one of my teams I was happy to see that um you know Aaron Jones if you have him he looked awesome and then 
that life should be easier for him if Rodgers is playing well because now you have to fear him again. So they looked, like I said, the Packers of old to an extent. But uh, I think so in terms of fantasy, obviously, Christian Watson, if he's the guy down the stretch run, if you have him on any of your teams, you should feel pretty good about that because it looks like Rodgers now will go to him. We know how much the trust thing, the trust factor is always huge for Aaron Rodgers. Speaking of trust factor, um, we've talked a lot about a breakup on this podcast. We've talked a lot about Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen, and they broke up. Tom Brady looks good now all of a sudden, but we haven't talked enough about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams breaking up because their new relationships both don't seem to be working out. Poor Derek Carr is crying in press conferences. Aaron Rodgers is like trying to find a new connection with Kristen Watson. Can we not just stay together, people? Can we not just work these things out? I don't know. I feel bad because both the the Packers and the Raiders lost this breakup. Um, But speaking of Tom Brady, Tom Brady looking much better this week in Germany. And Germany clearly loves Tom Brady. I don't know if you know this, um, Eddie, but I actually lived briefly in Germany. Really? Did I know that? Uh, I did. And um, they love fit their, fit their football. They're very fanatic about it. And they're very passionate people. Um, I was impressed to see that stadium packed. And I think that they will be much bigger fans than the UK for the NFL going forward. Um, the, would you the, like to see more games in Germany? I I was so impressed. Like the the stat they I read somewhere that it was like three million uh, ticket requests for a stadium that only holds sixty five thousand. <laughs> like great job. I mean that's it's awesome. Um, I know us uh, dumb American football fans sometimes are a little skeptical of you know why why bring football outside of the states because everyone else every other country plays soccer or their version of football, um, and we just feel skeptical in terms of like are they really going to accept this, but they welcomed it with open arms. Tom Brady said it was one of the best experiences ever. Pete Carroll said the same thing. They were they were in there. They were selling like you know entire pints of beer for the fans. That probably cost way cheaper oh. than a can of beer. Our stadiums over Let here. Me tell you about they were into it. Got a pretty solid game. Like I, I'm all for it. If you want to put a team out there, a division out there, go for it. Make it international. They love they love American. Okay, like so like in Germany, the Phantom of the Opera is still running. They have it in Germany. They sing it in German. It sells out like all of the time. They're still doing the Phantom of the Opera. They love David Hasselhoff. And you know what else they know how to do? <laughs> Food. I mean, meat on a stick. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've got crepes. You've got Glühwein. So you've got spiked punch while you're watching. I mean, like it's, you know, it's perfect for football. Like they have the perfect football weather situation. So I don't know if I would go as far as putting a division or a team out there. Like I kind of like a staying America, uh, keeping it all here. But I, I kind of do like the divisional features over there. And I definitely like it better than in the UK as far as fun I, factor. Look, I think it'd be fun to fly to Germany just to watch my own team play. Oh, that I agree with. And then, like you said, they, the food, the like the, the, the Stein with the full of beer. They have yeah. the great oh. German beers and then everything it's like sausage and pretzels. They already wine, have the food. Spiked wine. Yeah, so they have the food and the beverage stuff already figured out. And it yeah. would be interesting. Like it would be super interesting from a fantasy perspective of having – 
a, t- a t- team's level, let alone a division out there, because you're not factoring in number one, like lineup sets, because now you have the early start times. Then you, ha- especially for us on the West Coast, then you have the, um, the the travel aspect. How do players respond? So I feel like if that did happen, and obviously in the probably distant future, um, we would see quite of a weird, like the the whole Europe effect of the fantasy world. I think that would be a big, big change um, to what we do. It'd be great for our podcast. We could get these yeah. listeners in Germany. Yes. I feel it. Maybe I'm going to start reaching out to my friends. Um, tell them they need to start playing fantasy football. There's so much news this week, uh, Eddie, and most of it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, the most recent news just dropping is that Dallas Goddard's going to miss some time with a shoulder injury. Can this tight end position get any thinner? So we lost Zach Ertz for the season. Let's take a pause here mm-hmm. for a second. I have got to just vent about a team I have. Okay. I'm going to let you vent about a team you have. Do you have any teams to vent about? Fantasy football teams you need to vent about? My quick one this week, before before you go, I uh, I was the second highest scoring team this week, and only I would have beat every other team in the 12-team league. Only team that I wouldn't have beat was the one I played, so I lost by like a, a handful of points. That's my only gripe this week. And that's one of the things about fantasy football. Like as smart as you are, there's still some level of luck involved and you only get 14 weeks to make it to the playoffs. Right. So yes, you can be the smartest player in the world. There is some luck involved. It's a little different than fantasy baseball where like it's a war of attrition. If you right. just like gut it out, you'll probably win. You're playing every day. Um, okay. So <laughs> let me tell you my sad, sad, sad story. Cause I know you're going to feel so empathetic for me. Um, I have a team in the S. Sports Illustrated Invitational League, and I was in fourth place. Despite not loving my draft, it was a super flex league. But a couple weeks ago, my second quarterback in that league, so my main quarterback is Russ Wilson, so I was already got an uphill battle, right? My second quarterback in that league was Matt Ryan. Well, as you know, Matt Ryan got benched a couple weeks ago. So I get a trade offer from Mike Dempsey. He's like, "Can you? I'm going to trade you Jared Goff because he had all these quarterbacks. There were no quarterbacks on the waiver wire, super flex, right? And all sharp players, all sharp players. Um. No, so I trade him T Higgins for Jared Goff because I have hold up Cooper cup and Jerry Judy and Zach Ertz. I'm good. Right. So not only does an hour later, the Jamar chase news come out two weeks later, all those guys are injured and Matt Ryan is playing again and I dropped him. So I never had to do any of this, but here's the real sticker. This league does not do Fab bids. You don't bid. So it's in reverse order of pickup. Well, I have lost what almost all of my team now. And because I'm in fourth place, I'm not going to get any top waiver claims. Oh. So just to fantasy football managers out there, don't do it. I don't care if you think people, it's too hard for people. They can't figure it out. Wah, wah, wah. Be big. Figure out how to bid on your players. That is my event for today. Do you have any leagues where you don't have fab bidding? Um, I have a league that does a full-blown free agency. So basically it rewards people who are fastest um, going after those players, which makes things very difficult, very, very difficult. It basically means you don't get anyone. Um, Another league where it's just your typical, uh, you know, like you said, it's the waiver wire order. So whatever rank you are, you rotate through what number. If you're, you know, three of 12, seven of 12, Um, uh, the the fab, I think my main league next year may actually move to to that. And I agree with you. I think it is the best 
probably the, is the best system. Um, and it, it does promote, uh, it, it's an extra level of really thinking out your team and, and being smart about certain moves. Uh, it's and also the fairest. It's I not so fair that the people who've done well so all year and then they lose three major players are p- penalized. Right. You know, it, it's not fair. But if I had saved my fab budget, I would just have to blow it all this week. But I don't yeah. even have that option. So anyway, that is my event for today. I should also say on the positive side, I did have one – one. Bra- I'm going to do my one brag. You ready? I hope this doesn't jinx me. So I play in this high money league with, again, a lot of sharp players, mm-hmm. uh, high buy-in. And um, I think I was in fourth, something like that. And I played the only team in the league that was undefeated. And I brought him down by 0.55 points. 0.55. It was a terrible beat for him. It was awesome for me. I am now in second place and I have dethroned the 9 0 team. So I am the Washington Commanders of the GST League. And it was due to Justin Fields, uh, really, oh, mostly. Okay. I mean, other, other good performances as well. I, I was going uh, to, I was going to ask if that, if there was a play in Monday Night Football that, um, that's like swung the whole score well, and got he had McLaurin. Okay. He had McLaurin and he was just ticking up. And I was like, oh no, oh no. But at the end, I kept saying, if McLaurin gets a touchdown, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to be so mad. I was so mad at the Eagles for the first time ever for not winning a game and controlling the clock. <laughs> As a Cowboys fan, it was the first time I was ever rooting for the Eagles. Um, but anyway, it, it worked out. So it's been a very uneven season, I think, for everyone. I do think uh, we should talk about um, the fact, a little strategy section. Well, first, let's, okay, before we do the strategy session, uh, let's go over all the injuries in case anyone hasn't heard the news. Cooper mm-hmm. Cup, he's done for the season. You can just – they're not competing anymore. He had surgery today. He's hes not coming back. Uh, he will not be there. Um, Zach Ertz, out for the season. Knee injury. Jerry Judy, maybe only day-to-day. So that could be the most positive news. Juju Smith-Schuster, concussion, we don't know. Um, good news is there's a lot of people in the waiver wire, which we'll talk about. Um, Leonard Fournette going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Not going to miss time from his hip injury. So that's your basic outline of injuries. In addition to that, you have four teams on by this week. So, uh, there's a lot to think about, especially at the thin tiny position, which we were talking about. So what I want to kick off with here is a little bit of a strategy session, and then we'll talk about storylines and stuff. But this week, for most fantasy leagues, is the trade deadline. Is it a trade deadline in your leagues? Uh, yes, I have a few of those, yes. So we don't talk a lot about trades on this uh, pod, unless people ask us specifically. But we do talk a lot about waiver wire. And I actually want to tie those two together, especially with what I was just talking about, about waiver priority. There are going to be so many people in a hole this week because they lost Cooper Cup, Juju, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. If you happen to be the team with a higher waiver priority, take the top waiver targets that you can. Make sure they're not available for that team to grab later. So yeah, I'm talking about the people that are competing with me. And then try to package them in a trade before the deadline to get what you really need to get you through the fantasy football playoffs. For instance, if you have Patrick Mahomes and Justin Fields, Probably don't need both of them. You can go with some other backup quarterback, some Trevor Lawrence or Matt Ryan in an emergency. You take Justin Fields, you turn him into, I don't know, maybe a 
Amon Ross St. Brown even, depending. I mean, depending on what the team needs. Uh, there's a lot of ways you could go there. So even if you don't need that player, for instance, tight ends, that people are going to be desperate at tight end. If you have two good tight ends, if you have Dalton Schultz and David Njoku, you've got trade fodder. That's definitely true. And now I want to ask you, Jen, just this is a, uh, you know, Tanking is something that comes up a lot in professional sports. And, you know, we thought maybe the Colts are trying to do that by starting Sam Ellinger and and obviously the firing of Frank Reich. um, And that freaks everyone out. So in fantasy, and you brought up the scenario where if you are a team, like if you had a Cooper Cup, let's say you're most likely succeeding because he's consistently great. Um, Now he goes down, but you're in a playoff spot, but you have a big, big, big hole at your wide receiver one. And then you go, okay, well, this team over here is a bottom dollar, but they have a guy who's really, really good. If I go and take one of their receivers, if he's willing to make a trade, then I'll sacrifice um, maybe a pick next year. Now, obviously, this is for leagues that you know will 100% continue and you're allowed to trade draft picks. What is your stance on teams, number one, giving up um, key players to high-end contenders for draft high draft picks the following year? I think as long as it's fair to you, it's fair. Yeah. You know, if you're playing for the future, if you're in a keeper league, if you're in a dynasty league and you're building for the future, then nobody's getting taken advantage of. And I know sometimes people are like, that's collusion, but it's not. You're getting something back. Mm-hmm. And as long as the trade is fair, you know, I mean, a if cl- you're sure. giving them an 11th and- round pick for Cooper, for, you know, Tyreek Hill, that's a problem. Yeah, but. sure. Of course. It has to be a, it has to be a pick right. high enough where you're really putting the team that's going for it all this year in a hole for the draft, the following draft. Um, and that's the whole dicey, you know, move is do you go and give up one of your high end picks um to go all in to win this championship? Because if you lose and all of a sudden you start next year and you go, Oh wait, I don't have a second round pick, I'm already at a disadvantage, like that that's what makes it very fun. And a lot of people do have issues with that, but I think Uh, It's totally fine at this point in the fantasy season where you pretty much know, am I going to be a playoff contender or not? And if you're not and somebody comes at you with a trade offer, I think, hey, collect those picks, build it up for next year. And, you know, then then that's that's what we all strive for, obviously, is to have teams that are competing. And I don't I just don't see the need uh, why roster all these players if you can get a good deal out of them because it's a lost cause anyway. To be honest, unless you're like two and eight. You're probably still somewhat in the mix for your fantasy playoffs. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would take a lot of luck, but if you win the next four weeks in a row and somebody else hits a bad skid because they got hit with this injury bug and they have bad bye weeks, you could probably fight your way into a playoff. So it's really too early to give up at all. And I think it would be hard for anybody to make the argument that most teams are completely out of it. Um, so, you know, and then you make a decision as the owner, like, I feel like I'm out of it at three and six or three and seven, whatever it is now. Um, so I'm going to choose to just play for next year, but you know, technically if you go on a four game streak, then you're seven and seven. And then maybe you even still make the playoffs because you have enough points depending on tiebreakers. So nobody's out of it. You keep fighting guys. That's what we're here for to help you fight. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. 
Your first bet with Caesars Sportsbook and Casino, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code CAESARFULL, that's C-Z-R-F-U-L-L, and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Free stays, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the length the responsible gaming disclaimer. 21 and older must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? In Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. For Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Boston. Your city and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. New York, call 877 8 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY 467 369. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline at 1 800 889 9789. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Jeff Saturday because we were joking about it last week, of course, what's going to happen. And oh my God, Matt Ryan is probably my top waiver wire claim at quarterback. I'm so PO'd that I dropped him in the couple leagues I did because Matt Ryan is a player. And I've said this before, he already had three games of over 350 passing yards. Now I know that he's Matt Ryan and he's going to stink sometimes, but this week, you know, he looked better. And the most important thing is he helped every other fantasy asset look 
better. Jonathan Taylor finally gave us a Jonathan Taylor game. Michael Pittman, heavily targeted. Paris Campbell, who's widely available, went back. He was getting targeted eight, nine times a game with Ryan before Ryan uh, was benched or injured or whatever you want to call it. And now he's back and he's back to being targeted all the time in the slot. So it's better for all fantasy assets for Matt Ryan to play, as well as Matt Ryan being an asset. And this guy finishes the QB four this week. 200 and I think it's 222 yards, a passing touchdown, 38 yards on the ground, a rushing touchdown. He even says that, you know, with this new offensive coordinator, he's kind of opening up the possibility of opening up lanes for him to run in that he didn't know were going to be there. He's rolling with it. He has nothing to lose. I know he's got the Eagles this week, but look, the Eagles just got beat by Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I I don't uh, expect every week for the Colts to look like it did last week. They got very – it was a fortunate time scenario where they're playing the Raiders who like outside of the weirdness of the Colts with the hiring of Jeff Saturday and the backlash and all that, the benching of Matt Ryan, you could probably argue the Raiders have the weirdest – one of the weirdest seasons going on. You have guys, so like weird. you said, crying in a press conference. Josh McDaniels is you know a, 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 another loss or two away from being back in New England calling plays for Belichick. And then you have – have like uh, you know the, all the first round pick cuts. It's it's just probably not a great time to be uh, a Vegas Raiders. So then you have this team coming in now, the Colts that get a, a new head coach of people. You know, is much maligned. But one thing you know about Jeff Saturday is like you know he it was a cult. Like he, that guy loved the organization. They brought him in for more of a morale thing. And it's not even like he's going to be the head coach of the future. I'm not sure how many interim head coaches really keep that title. Um, it didn't happen last year for the Raiders. And now you you bring back. In Matt Ryan, who shouldn't have been benched anyway, and it was very strange. I mean, Sam Melinger doesn't look like he belongs in the NFL. He doesn't even look like he's a backup card, but he may have to be your third string on depth chart. Skipping over Nick Foles too, which we talked about, Jen. Like we said, they're probably trying to tank. You know, Jonathan, this Colts team that transition back to Matt Ryan is probably the most significant move in the fantasy world because of how many leagues. I would say the majority of leagues in America took Jonathan Taylor first overall. So this directly impacts him and teams that had the top guy or so we thought is now hopefully back on the track. And like you said too, with, with um, you know, Michael Pittman, with the targets there, he is just simply a better quarterback than Sam Ellinger. And I, I think at least the Colts will show some fight uh, going forward. They won't be, you know, game scripted out of using Jonathan Taylor as much as they would have if they had Sam Ellinger in there. So I think this is a definitely a good thing if you have uh, Ellinger, if you have, I mean, sorry, if you have Pittman, if you have Jonathan Taylor, and like you said, pick up Matt Ryan if you need him. If your quarterback's on a buy, your quarterback gets injured. I know Matt Stafford's still in concussion protocol. You know, some people may need Matt Ryan. I think it's the Colts going forward won't look as pathetic as they were earlier on in the season. So I think all in all, it's a good thing. Superflex leagues as a handcuff for your quarterback. I like Matt Ryan. You could also grab um, Marcus Mariota this week, who's just kind of boring, but gets the, the solid, you know, start for you most of the time. And then, of course, Deshaun Watson is coming back in a couple weeks. Now, a lot of people don't want to have Deshaun Watson on their fantasy football team, and I completely understand that. Um, but if it doesn't bother you to have Deshaun Watson on your fantasy football team, I'm not sure that there is a waiver wire quarterback available with any more league winning potential than Deshaun Watson, who led the league in passing just two seasons ago. Now he hasn't played football um, in a few years. So I'm not, I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket, but if you have the room 
And what's interesting is Donovan Peoples-Jones has really come on strong lately. He exceeded his player prop this week easily. He's become Jacoby Brissett's favorite target. Now, we don't know that that would be the same case with Watson, and Watson will take over. Um, But he had five catches, 99 yards on Sunday. And, you know, that's 14, 15 points for your PPR league. And he's on waiver wires. He's available 65% of leagues. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones as an ad this week. Yeah, I, I do. I do too. I, it's this is a hard thing to project, and I'm not sure if really anyone in the fantasy world can do this because we have never really seen this happen before, where you have a a very 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 high end quarterback who then is out not only you know part of this year but all of last year as well. Right. That is a lot of time away from football. I mean, like we we get really skeptical and or afraid of of taking guys who miss time due to injury coming back like you know um Travis Etienne is a good example of that coming out of the league coming right. out of Clemson into the league injured misses rookie year like that scares us. Now again, I understand Deshaun Watson and I'm just talking strictly football here. I'm not talking about his off the field stuff which is, you know, I, I mean that's talked more than enough about that this offseason but in terms of football we have not seen him throw a ball in a game that mattered in a very very long time I will say the Browns obviously having the the coaching staff they have having the weapons they have having the ground game they have um that makes things probably a little bit easier to stomach but you know I I it's this division is tough like it's like I I just don't know if I'm gonna feel like great if I have him stashed away on my bench to put him in because like I mean, two weeks, he's having two weeks to practice. Like he's practicing this week and he has a game in two weeks from now. This week 11, he's playing week 13. We assume like that's not a lot of time to be, to get back to NFL speed. I just, I don't know. I I would need to see a little bit of time from him uh, before I could feel confident putting him in. You know, quarterback may have taken a hit here and there. Like I said before, losing Stafford, Kyler Murray, I know missed the game, but Deshaun Watson missing almost two years of football is tough. Continuing the quarterback conversation, do you think Andy Dalton stays with the Saints or do you think we're going to get Jameis Winston? Because Jameis, whether it's Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton, to me, does affect a lot of fantasy players. Like Alvin Kamara had another down week this week, but I still think he's better with Andy Dalton than he will ever be with Jameis Winston. And, you know, Jarvis Landry's back. Jarvis Landry looked good, by the way. That is someone to put your claims in for. He did eat into Chris Olave's opportunity, but now there's no Michael Thomas. He was great uh, before the season started, uh, or sorry, at the beginning of the season, even with Michael Thomas. So Jarvis Landry's definitely somebody you might want to put bids in for. Um, He had three passes. Um, He saw one more target than Chris Olave. He saw six targets. Olave saw five. No, it was not a high-scoring game. It wasn't a good game. It was tough defense, but I think Landry is somebody you should consider. Um, but again, Jameis Winston is a big wild card there. What do you think they do? I think if the Saints want to contend, it, you know, now the Bucks are figuring things out, like the, the Falcons really aren't going away either. The, like, it's just the vision is – it's probably going to be the Bucks division, but I think if the Saints want a real chance to win it, I, I think you have to make the switch back to Jameis because you kind of know what Andy Dalton is at this stage in his career. I mean, we know what Andy Dalton was even earlier in his career. He was uh, a little bit better than a game manager, but I think Jameis at his best when he's not throwing a ton of turnovers 
is a pretty talented passer. Um, he has, you know, magnificent games through the air where he's he could launch the ball. He could have super, super, you know, high passing yard totals and, and all that. But again, the negative is his ability to turn the ball over. I just think if the Saints want to win the game, they need him in there. I think defense is probably a little bit more afraid of Jameis's throwing ability, which would then make things a little bit better for Alvin Kamara. I know we said that Kamara is better than Dalton. That's probably true. But it's not like Kamara has been awesome week in week out this year anyway he's he's clearly struggling who has yeah that's also a good point not a lot of running backs have been great but I I think I think Jameis may just open that offense a little bit more because he is just a better passer um and you have to take the good with the bad he will turn it over but I just feel this offense is limited with Andy Dalton and it it, just at this stage of his career he's not going to go above and beyond the way that maybe Jameis could a few times again it's neither a great option but I think the Saints kind of have nothing else to lose at this point with the Bucks kind of trying to pull away here maybe make the switch to Jameis Carolina's gonna go with Baker Mayfield this week um that makes me really bummed out because I had just gotten my DJ Moore back Mm -hmm. and now my DJ Moore is probably lost to me again um I'm distressed uh I hope that they still continue to run the ball with Donta Foreman a very popular waiver wire pickup that has been successful for them yep I mean, they upset the Falcons this week, beat them at their own game, running the ball. Um, but what do you? Ha- I mean, how do you feel about the fantasy weapons with Baker Mayfield under center? It, it's Dante Foreman was probably the best fantasy move I made on multiple teams this year by picking him up, uh, kind of looking ahead and knowing that they would side with him over Chuba Hubbard, who I know also did uh, get injured as well uh, a little bit. But I think uh, I'm hoping that Walker, this injury, he can come back sooner rather than later because we know what's going to happen with Baker. Baker has given, been given opportunities time and time again. He always has the, the chip on his shoulder attitude. I want to show them. And then he never does. And then we're always back to this where, you know, yes, PJ Walker has struggled. I know there was a game that, that Baker did have to relieve him in the second half, but PJ Walker has one of them games. Baker just finds ways to talk about turnovers. Like he's a guy who's prone to turning the ball over, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, he's never, he's never really grasped the, the moment. He's never really succeeded even with having some good weapons with him. Um, I, I just hope this week we still get a lot of Dante Foreman on the ground. I hope uh, I do have DJ Moore too in one league. I, I hope that he finds a way to just target your best player. And that is DJ Moore. But I just don't have faith in Baker to do that, and I just hope this this injury to PJ Walker does bring him back. Also, the the fact that PJ Walker, not that Baker isn't mobile, but having the ability of PJ Walker to run also makes their offense a little bit more dynamic. Defense has to then respect that. With Baker, it's I I just it's going to be I'm afraid of the Dante Foreman being game scripted out. He's done. Is he done after this year? He's done. I was dead wrong about this. I thought it would be great for him. I thought that he was injured last year to, you know, obviously the shoulder injury. He's going to move on to a nice team. Fresh start. I was wrong. He's done. I was right wrong. He's done. I was at a party this week where um, Sam Darnold was supposed to be there too because I walked up to the name tag table and it said like Sam Darnold. And I was like. I don't know. Maybe he'll show up. Maybe he's not busy. <laughs> I, I mean, another, another, he's the same, same thing as, uh, as Baker really is a guy that has, we felt like all the tools and just never put it together. God bless him. God bless. Let's talk a little bit about the running back position. There have been some interesting developments. Um, you know, no one crazy exciting to pick up, but there, there have been some changes and we see this a lot, uh, during the fantasy football season where around this time, some rookies start to take over. They start getting trusted. They start to run the ball well. You know, um, 
Damian Pierce, fortunately, was the kind of rookie that just, he's just been phenomenal. Worth every penny you spent on him, whatever round you took him in, you were right if you did it. He's been phenomenal. Kim Walker's been very good too, even after a down week this week. But we're seeing some other guys come into play, Rashad White. Let's start with Rashad White. So he officially drew the start on Sunday. Leonard Fournette got the touchdown. But Rashad White put together a really, really good day. Um, He's on bye this week. So if you're picking him up, you're not picking him up for this week. But the exciting thing is that when he's back, he's got the Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns have allowed the second most points to opposing running backs. So he actually had 22 carries and he finished the day with 105 yards on the ground. And that was even sharing with Leonard Fournette. Um, So... I like Rashad White, and maybe the sneaky part is actually picking him up this week mm-hmm. because he's on a buy and people won't be able to do it. So if you have the room, it's kind of one of my more favorite moves this week. I agree, and I was thinking what's so funny about this, that this is where the schedule, it may help you in terms because people kind of forget about him. You can't pick him up, but it also hurts in the sense too, like obviously Leonard Fournette leaves the game. They say he's not going to miss any time. I do wonder right. if the Bucks were playing this week, if Lenny would have had to miss the game, then you would have had another Rashad White big time performance. Um, and now Lenny gets healthy the week. You know, I still hope there is a chance because I, I don't have any Fournette. Um, I still hope there's a chance that yeah. Rashad White still <laughs> could get a good uh, a good split with him, and, and he could be a useful uh, running back there. But I am worried now if they're going to just go back to you know Fournette being in the backfield and not use him as much. Right. But hopefully, we'll see. Well, it was interesting because I was like on the radio with Fabiano Sunday morning and he was like, oh, Rashad White gets the start. And I was like, oh, we're about to have a big Lenny Fournette day. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, the fact that they gave him the start, you know, what works for Leonard Fournette, that he loses his job and then he plays well. I mean, it happened with him freaking getting traded. He lost his job to James Robinson, right? Like he will lose his job, but then he'll play really well. He lost his job multiple times to Ronald Jones. Yep. And then he would come back and play well. So, But uh, with Rashad White, he's obviously clearly the handcuff. Using the both of them was very effective. Uh, They shared a lot of duties. And um, it's that Browns matchup two weeks from now. So I'm I'm not saying Rashad White is going to replace Jonathan Taylor, uh, but I'm saying he's an interesting ad um, if you have the room. And another interesting ad is Isaiah Pacheco. So – Isaiah Pacheco, clearly the early down back now, okay? He didn't even have to wait for Clyde Edwards-Alaire injury because Clyde Edwards-Alaire did not even get one single carry in this game. Pacheco um, had 16 carries for 82 yards. Now, Jarek McKinnon is still very much in play here, too. He's the pass catching back, and he'll be the one catching all the passes, and he'll still get goal line carries, but... Pacheco, very, very interesting, especially because the Chiefs have the fifth easiest schedule for running backs from henceforth. That I'm going to pat myself in the back here because I, I was smart for once and I did just kind of foresee this happening in Kansas City and I traded away Clyde Edwards uh, Olaire, who I did take. I had good value on him. Cashed in a couple weeks early on. We remember he was very good. Scored a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I said, "This is not sustainable." I'm gonna no I'm gonna, I'm gonna, touchdowns. Exactly, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sell him um, uh, while the value is still very very high. And I was right about that. But I'll I'll be mad 
for those, you know, my friend who I traded him to and people who drafted him other leagues. Like, I just don't understand this because you obviously invested. They, the Chiefs, like in real life, took him in the first round. Like, he was a hot commodity coming out of LSU, and everyone was like, this is Andy Reid's guy. He's a running back and catch the ball, a la Brian Westbrook from the, you know, the glory days of the Eagles. And uh, now he's not even getting carries. He's not even really being used in the pass game. He's being just totally phased out. And then the same thing with like Pacheco too. Everyone's kind of excited with him taking him late. Uh, and then now it's like, no, never mind. Forget all that. We're just gonna go back to Jarek McKinnon, who kind of just bounces around this league and then finds a way to get the ball the most. And and he, but he he produces. But uh, just a very strange thing to happen in Kansas City. And that's a running like it's a that's a backfield that. I don't know if I ever will trust. Like it just again, that no, offense is just Mahomes. It's Kelsey. It's Reed. Everything else you could just interchange does not matter. And that's even the same with Kadarius Tony, who's mm-hmm. going to be a very popular waiver wire claim. I really like Tony, especially with Juju Smith Schuster being out. But yeah. that being said, there's going to be weeks when Kadarius Tony has huge weeks. And there's going to be weeks when he puts up a donut for you. Totally. I mean, it's just it, that's just what's going to happen. It just is what it is. Um, that is the Kansas City Chiefs offense. And I think it's even the same with their running back room, like you said, to an extent. And um, who they're going to use, what the rotation will be. Will Ronald Jones be in that rotation? I mean, who knows? Because he's Andy Reid. But Pacheco is somebody, again, in deeper leagues. You know, and we're talking about if you have needs, and you might. Um Running back has been thin, and if you really have needs, maybe you even want to consider Kyron Williams. Yes. Again, not exciting, okay? Um, what do you have, one carry? I think it was one carry this week. Uh, but the veteran stunk too, and at least he caught his passes. I think he caught three passes for 40, something like that. So he will be used in that passing game. Again, the Rams' offense is not exciting. They just lost Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson gets a bump, by the way. And so does Ben Skoranek, who played like 95% of the snaps. Guys, we are getting weird here, but we're at the point of the season where you have to start thinking about deep cuts probably because of where we are. Those are two guys to consider, um, Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek. But again, who's going to be throwing them the ball? Matt Stafford, John Wolford. It's kind of gross. So it depends on how deep your league is, what the competitive level is. That's just that's just such a weird. um, You know, I talked before about how big the Colts changed their Matt Ryan was because Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this this Rams offense with like losing Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford now concussion protocol still in it. Um, But we're assuming they never officially said, but we're assuming that's why he missed the game last week. And that's the other thing too with having. Wolford in there is like, do we see like, will Higby still be targeted like that? Will Ben Serrano still be targeted like that? Like uh, Kyron Williams did play uh, 23% of the snaps, like more than Cam Akers. Is that going to change? If oh, Cam Stafford Akers does come is back? number three now. He is number There's three. no question about that. He's a clear cut number three. Yeah. And number three. Kyron Williams like coming in there, uh, he did, uh, you know, all he had the most targets out of the backfield. So that's a very, very strange team to figure out. Uh, it, like, does that mean now Allen Robinson is going to, be the guy that we thought he would be because of the absence of Cooper Cup, or are they going to become a ground he's team now? Right now, they, but well, he, he took him off the list. He took it's, he took him off the list, and uh, yeah, and, the, no, and, the, and the Packers too before the Packers go and win that game. So who knows what OBJ is going to do? But they, they definitely could use uh, Odell right now because, like, I agree with you. I don't think Cooper Cup's coming back. There's no reason to. They're, they're mm-hmm. so far out of uh, playoff contention. But uh, going forward with this Rams team, it's like I don't, I don't. Are they going to switch to the ground and pound? They could not seem to figure out this entire season, and now maybe Kyron Williams could help them. Who knows? Because Cooper Cup's absence changes 
so much about that team, but um, I, I think McVay will Everything. McVay will figure out a way to utilize, like you said, Skoranek. I think Higby will be uh, featured, will be. and then obviously if, if Van Jefferson and Allen Robinson can be closer than we thought, but yeah, be, I'd also kind of if there's no Stafford, um, that's that's going to be a brutal offense to watch. One of the strangest things that happened this week is the Arizona Cardinals releasing Eno Benjamin. Yeah, like. There has to be something else going on there. Like, why in the world would they release Eno Benjamin? And I'm sure Eno Benjamin's going to find himself another job shortly. Um, but wheels up for James Conner. Uh, I would assume they think he's going to be healthy. Pretty risky play. Uh, don't know. You know, Williams is on the IR. They got the rookie and they're taking a few snaps. It's got to be James Car- Conner right now. So play James Conner even in a crummy matchup this week, I guess, versus the 49ers. But I don't know. Do you, do you have any insight? Have you heard anything about why, you know, did he have black, did he, ha- did he sleep with Cliff Kingsbury's wife? I, I mean, yeah, it, it could be a blackmail scenario. I, it's, <laughs> it's strange that he was like the cool pickup to get because of obviously James yeah. Conner's constantly injured, but then we James, the James Conner goes and plays like 96% of the snaps, but he's a guy who's injury prone. Like there's, it, to me, it makes no sense yeah. to have, James Conner, again, last year was awesome. He looked kind of back to form this year, uh, this last past week. Um, but he's just a guy you should have a pretty quality backup with because of his injury history. That being said, like, you know, Kyler has performed well this year in terms of fantasy. But yes. it, it is very strange, like Colt McCoy, like the the Cardinals. And again, I know they played a back quarterback themselves. But Colt McCoy ran that offense, like, seamlessly. He's oh, he, I think he is the best backup quarterback in the league. Could be. I think he's the best backup quarterback in the league because he he wins. Yeah. When he plays, he is incredibly effective quarterback, and I'm almost surprised that some. I mean, like I would rather him have him playing for the Panthers. Oh know, yeah. Than, I mean, if you want to win games, go go for yeah, go get him. Rondell Moore, ton of targets. Yeah. He let Connor look back to his old form. I mean that, that like they didn't skip a beat at all. Um, which doesn't really help Kyler's case. Like the whole weirdness with Kyler this offseason, you go and see a game like that, it's not great. I was so happy that, you know, we make our picks and the extra points arcade like way ahead of time. I was terrible this week again. Um, you did much better than me. I think you got two more games right than I did. I was terrible. But I was so happy that I had picked the Cardinals when I heard they were both going with backup quarterbacks. Cause I'm like in the battle of backup quarterbacks. Oh, Arizona's got this one. Yep. Like Colt McCoy. I trust him actually to win this game more than I do Kyler, though. I trust Kyler for my fantasy team more. I don't really trust him to actually win the game. And I do trust Colt McCoy for that, especially versus poor, poor John Wolford. They're just, they're, mm, the Rams are. Mm, yeah. They're in a bad place. The fall from grace. Yeah, it's so crazy. Bad. What a crazy fall. Yep. Other um, waiver wire pickups are, um, you know, maybe Jalen Warren, who's actually got get a, getting the work in the passing game. So though Najee had his best game of the year this year, uh, he had of course. no targets, no targets. So Jalen Warren there, plus he can eat into the carry. So he's someone to have for insurance. Gus Edwards, who should be back this week. Elijah Mitchell, who was dropped in a lot of leagues, who um, had more carries than Christian McCaffrey. So welcome to Kyle Shanahan's but, crazy funhouse brain. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll jump in on that one. You go make this blockbuster move, you bring Christian McCaffrey, like weeks prior, touchdown pass, like receiving touchdown, rushing touchdown, all in the same game. And then he comes out and is like, yeah, the plan going forward is to have equal carries. It's like... 
Uh, if you're trying to win your division and get a playoff berth and you get a, a, I don't even like, what's the, I mean, not, not a generational player, but a really an all pro, you yeah. get a guy who is electric, who is your, he, he is an offense. And, and this is no disrespect to Elijah Mitchell, but Christian McCaffrey's proven himself. He's like, yeah, we're going to do equal carries. Like, I mean, you, you trying to get him rested for the playoffs, but like first make the playoffs, clinch the playoffs. I just hate when coaches but- do this. Like, I do too. But like, what, what if you have Christian McCaffrey, there's no way you're not playing him. You have to play him right. every week. So don't even let yourself think about what his carry split will be. You just play Christian McCaffrey. And if you're playing against Christian McCaffrey, you hope it's an Eli Mitchell day or a Debo Samuel day. By the way, Debo Samuel, what happened? Poor Debo. Those who have Debo Samuel, I'm sorry. Because um, he's not benefited from any of this. Speaking of 49ers running backs, Jeff Wilson looks mighty nice in Miami. And so does Raheem Mostert. Yeah. Six, Jeff Wilson, 61% of snaps, 143 yards from scrimmage. Raheem Mostert, only 28%. But uh, I know he did have that that touchdown. I mean, I think – I'm afraid I'm just going to go out and say it. I know it's November 15th. It's still pretty, you know, kind of mid season ish, but man, oh man, like that Dolphins offense, they're undefeated. When Tua starts and finishes a game, you can plug in anyone and they're going to produce like, that's a scary team. That's a great offense to have. I think, and it's like, if you put an either running back, you should get some points. Obviously Tyree kill Jalen Waddle and Tua himself. Um, awesome stuff there. So thank you Dolphins for having a handful of pieces that you can plug in lineups. And now that Jalen Hurts has finally lost a game and the Eagles finally seem, you know, beatable, doesn't everything feel different? Because you're right. They haven't lost a game with Tua Anderson or Miami, and they they still have, like, these far odds for the Super Bowl, right? Josh yeah. Allen keeps throwing end zone interceptions, which is very Four and two games. uncharacteristic. Yep. It's very disturbing. I think he'll be fine, but there are windows of opportunity. That is the Miami Dolphins division. They have a possibility. They have a pathway. Um, there's a lot of pathways there. I couldn't believe that the Vikings won this week. I really didn't. I really did not think they could win. The the, re- um, the refs tried their best to make sure they didn't win this game. They somehow that was. I mean, obviously, we, everyone's talked about it. What a crazy sequence of events there. And uh, I guess the saying is the ball don't lie. And the Vikings found a way to to win because I think a few times the refs really really tried their hardest. But that was that was some game. And like you mentioned, Josh Allen. I'm not going to go crazy and say, oh, Josh Allen's reverting back. Uh, I think clearly his elbow is not right. I I do think he's trying to force things especially in the red zone. He did it twice versus the Jets, twice versus the Vikings. I think he needs to kind of just take a deep breath, step back a little bit. Um, maybe this is like the absence of Brian Dable not being there anymore. Uh, I definitely think that could maybe. come into play, but I, I, I just, I, I still trust them. But Jenny made a great point. Like Dolphins, are not, you're, they're there. Like the, the Jets and Patriots aren't going anywhere too. It's a, that's a tough division. Um, the, the AFC East race should be, should be pretty fun, but I, I still, I, I'll trust Josh Allen. Can I ask you this? Is the NFC East what the AFC West was supposed to be? I I mean, yeah, pretty much. That's, I mean, that's very true. I mean, even now with the Commanders win, like it's like win percentage, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's definitely I mean, true. What a disappointment! The Raiders, the Broncos, <laughs> the Chargers. Even I mean, the Chargers are fine, um, but really, it's it's just the Chiefs. It's just the Chiefs and what makes you not only that that division underwhelming across the board, but in terms of like, you know, the fantasy world, like that was supposed to be 
a, a really good division. Like we're supposed to love Russ and the receivers he has there. And, you know, obviously Javante Williams injury, disappointing Darren Waller, IR, Hunter, Hunter Renfro, IR, Devon Ams IR. has, right, has right. been fine, but you know, a lot of guys, Keenan Allen banged up, like uh, just a lot of even Herbert's injury, I think is kind of affecting his play. So that division as a whole too. And fan, the fantasy world has not really uh, helped us out much. Few more way where I add at the running back position, uh, Brian Wilson Jr. If he, I'm sorry, Brian Robinson Jr. I don't know why I'm talking about the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson Jr. Um, this, <laughs> this is my musical pass coming in here, guys. Um, Brian Robinson Jr. available in a few leagues as well, and is someone that should be looked at. And I think Kenneth Gainwell is also worth an add. Um, wide receivers, we already mentioned Christian Watson, Donovan Peoples Jones, Paris Campbell, Jarvis Landry. Kadarius Tony, Nico Collins is another interesting one because Brandon Cooks has landed firmly on what I like to call the disgruntled list. Um, he is no longer going to be the top target in this. He is not interested. I mean, he's going to be fine. Play it out, whatever. Nico Collins uh, saw 10 targets Sunday, 27% target share. Look, 10 targets, uh, you know, catches and yards, that adds up in a PPR league. People like Amon Ross St. Brown, even though he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, he is such a PPR monster because of that scoring system. Just getting those catches and racking up 75 to 90 yards every week and then seven or eight catches, that is a beautiful thing for your PPR league. That's I'm not saying Nico Collins is a Monrosa Brown, but you know, if you could get double-digit PPR points off the waiver wire, that's a good add. Uh, George Pickens still available on some waiver wires. Odell Beckham Jr. Corey Davis could be back this week. Traylon Burks, an interesting one, maybe, in deeper leagues. Jahan Dotson. Michael Gallup, assuming OBJ doesn't sign in Dallas. And DeAndre Carter, as long as Mike Williams is out. Okay, tight ends. Wow. Can it be any more brutal? Um Hayden Hurst still available in more than 50% of leagues. We know Jamar Chase is out. Um, he's run uh, 249 routes this year. That's tied with Evan Ingram for the third most. So there's potential there. Again, this is not exciting, um, but he's only blocking 4% of the time. So he's possibly out there to catch footballs. I don't know. Foster Moreau moves into the spot where Darren Waller uh, was. It worked out this week. It hadn't until then, but now that Waller's officially out, Rinfro's officially out, there should be opportunities over the middle there for Moreau, who had 43 yards, three catches, and a touchdown on Sunday. And he should have had a second touchdown, too, uh, late in that game. Uh, they're you know trying to come back, had the ball literally in his chest. The Colts player made a great play by just chopping down on it and dropped it, which obviously would have won the Raiders the game. Colts hung on to that one, so could have had two touchdowns. That's a great ad if you can get him. Colts are frisky, I tell mm-hmm. you. Megan Daly must be like she was at the okay. game. She was at the game. She was in the black hole, and she uh, saw her team win. Yeah, so good. Um, obviously, if you can get Cole Komet, you need to try to get Cole Komet. But I think he's close to like sixty eight percent roster now. Trey McBride is the guy that will replace Zach Ertz, but I don't think he'll actually replace Zach Ertz. Um, Evan Engram still running a lot of routes. Jacksonville does find themselves behind a lot. Uh, Logan Thomas, maybe. Again, it's not great stuff out there. Juwan Johnson, you know, he's a converted wide receiver that plays tight end. So there's upside there. But with Jarvis Landry back, maybe a little bit less. So it's not really exciting. Those are some options to consider. And uh, as I said, maybe you try to work a trade, but you got to do that fast. Time is ticking. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We have one or two questions that came in from listeners, so let's quickly grab those. And then we'll wrap it up. Let's get to that. Um, we we're just talking about Cole Komet. So we got a question involving Justin Fields here. The question is, Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields? I need to make a trade. Also, which is a better keeper next season? Jackson in the fifth or Fields in the 11th? Thanks. And this is coming from John. Who would you rather have, Fields or Jackson the rest of the season? <laughs> um, I, I think I'm – I'm I'm going to not disrespect the the MVP. I'm going to go Lamar Jackson just because look what Fields has done. I've been so critical, like hyper critical of how Justin Fields, not even just on this show, minus three, any show that lets me talk. I was just saying how bad he looked and how bad he looks at his first. <laughs> he'll get his first option. He take off on the ground. And the difference in what he's doing now with the scrambling is that he's like, he's literally weighing all his options when he drops back. And then he goes, okay, if those are now are covered, I do have 20 plus yards of space. He looks like a more mature quarterback. I don't know what changed that quickly. We mentioned Komet. He's finding Komet. I love everything about what Justin Fields is doing, but I think like Lamar Jackson at like the certain points this year was in my mind, the MVP and he has one in the past. I think taking that away from him after just two huge weeks from fields is pretty irresponsible. So I will side with Jackson on this one. If you guys didn't realize this, Eddie is a producer on almost all of our podcasts. So he's behind the glass listening to the rest of us talk most of the time. So this is when he finally gets to say the things he's thinking. And we're so glad he does it on waiver wired (laughs) me every week. Um, uh, well, I will say it wasn't just the past two weeks with Justin Fields. I'm mean, he's been best uh, fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Four weeks now. Four weeks. Um, and this week, oh my God, he's got Atlanta. How do you not? I'm gonna go Fields. It's crazy. I think you're probably right to go Jackson. To be honest, I think you're probably gonna get the same from them either way. That's um, true. But I'm yeah. gonna. I'm going to vote Justin Fields. I just feel like he's got it right now. I don't think it's a trick. He's rushed for 140 yards in the past two games. I see what you're saying about the past two games, but even before that, he he can't win a real football game, but he's certainly been winning fantasy football games. And I'm worried about Lamar Jackson's pass catching options, even though Mm -hmm. he did show beautifully that he can spread the ball around. Um, You know, if he doesn't have Mark Andrews, if he doesn't have Rashad Bateman, maybe Um, not that, Justin Fields has a lot either, but, um, you know, I think you can be fine either way. So follow your gut there, John. As far as keeper value, I prefer Fields in the 11th than Jackson in the 5th. I'd agree with that. Because I think, yeah, other picks in the 5th, that will be 
very valuable. And I think that fifth round pick. Precisely. I'd be very happy getting fields there, in the 11th. And I, I think too, um, I, I think the reason why I was against fields this is because I, I do feel like he'll come back down to earth in the sense of he won't be as, no. it won't be as crazy yes. high numbers as he's had the last yes. two weeks. I know he has been pretty consistently good for a chunk of time now, but I, the reason why I said that is, is just because I do think it'll drop a bit. But in terms of the keeper, he's only going to get better as time goes on. He's clearly understanding the NFL more and more now. And I think that just a, value in drafts 11th round you're going to get an awesome quarterback there whereas the fifth as good as Lamar is you can get other positions of need uh, around that spot you could have gotten Damian Pierce there yeah, this year exactly I'd love to have Justin Fields and Damian Pierce on the same team like, I think I'm going to dream about that tonight. He, Damian Pierce too uh, okay. was a guy quickly it was a guy that we were like it, like we knew coming yeah. in as a rookie he's going to be good and then he was just good like there's no better feeling than that like good. yeah we had so much opportunity <laughs> yeah and I, anyway, like I keep playing these player props. I was looking at one two weeks ago and I know, uh, Fabs didn't back me on this prop. It's cause he always looks at my props and picks the ones he wants. And he did not put my Damian Pierce prop. And I understood why, cause it was a tough running back matchup. Can't remember. Oh, it was the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just think he is an exception. I know that it doesn't make sense, but he's the exception. And he busted them up. He like doubled up his prop. He was so good. Anyway, um, okay. What's our final question? We, our last question here. Um, it is receiver based. Uh, so we have a question coming from Nicole. I might have lost Judy and Juju. I also have Tyree Kill who's on a bye. Lazard, Gallup, Campbell, and OBJ. Or I'd receive a nice stash there. Do I use my number one waiver tonight on Christian Watson? And if yes, who do I drop? I also have Hines to drop, but only have Eckler, Fournette, White, and um, – uh, Brian Robinson left at running back. Okay. So you have Eckler at running back for net and white. You have a lock at your second running back. Mm-hmm. And then you have Brian Robinson who could be, I guess your handcuff for Eckler. Um, little thin at running back, but still better than a lot of people. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards maybe dropping Gallup. Um, because if OBJ comes and you already have OBJ, you're going to have a redundancy there. Of course, you're going to have a redundancy with Watson and Lazard too, but God, you're going to have to choose between Lazard and Watson every week. Let me ask, if you hold on to Odell, what is um, does, is that team dependent? Like if he goes to the Giants, right. I, the Giants don't throw the ball a ton. Would you I'm feel – Far less interested. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, um, I am. So yeah, I would say it's between Gallup and OBJ. So it's, it's one of the Dallas receivers is who I would drop. And just decide, like, are you willing to wait on OBJ and see if it pays out and where he goes? Or do you want to just go? Because I don't think Gallup is going to come on a lot stronger because Dalton Schultz is now stepping into that number two role. So I think Gallup is going to remain the number three. And he's going to be a flex play at best. Whereas Watson, you know, we, we still need one more week. I mean, like, who knows? Just because he was Aaron Rodgers' guy this week. I mean, we kicked off the podcast talking about this. This could all change because he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but yeah, it's it, it is um, the one thing to make you feel good, and th- we've seen this like throughout Rogers' career. Though is like he has to trust the receiver, and he's pretty vocal, or you can clearly tell when he's upset or or pissed or angry at a receiver. So him, we'll we'll see. You need more uh, time to understand this, but maybe with Watson, it's on the start of something where Rogers goes, okay, this could be my guy. Maybe until yeah, maybe. I mean, he went back to him after he dropped a couple of passes, so that was pretty huge. Mm-hmm. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. So, yes, high upside, but risk, but probably a, a better risk than 
I'm Michael Gallup or an mm-hmm. So there you go, guys. It was an awesome episode again, Eddie. Thank you for joining me. I um, want to encourage everyone to come play the Extra Points Arcade with us. We make our picks every week, and then I come on the podcast and talk about how terrible mine were. So, you know, you want to just get in on the misery. Uh, Eddie, I think we're the worst of the crew. Um, apparently, we can't pick games. And we... I, I, I say this every week, but I want to say it again. We were really good last year. So we this were. is just like an extended streak of weirdness in the NFL. Um, I literally, I went five and eight this week. Five and eight. Yeah. I've, I've been getting, I've been getting crushed because I've had some okay weeks with like seven, right. But then I'll have a week with like two, three, right. Um, we are near but, the bottom with, uh, or Will Blackman is near us too, but he's missed the first couple of weeks. I, I think, I think we'll be okay. As long as we're, we have to just aim for like, at minimum, like six to get, to get if we get like six right a week at, at the baseline, I think we'll be good going forward. We just can't have any uh, brutal weeks. It's funny because every time they come out on Sunday, because I made them on Thursday, I look at it and I'm like, wait, did I really pick that? Oh, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. But it's too late. Like, like I forget even what I did and I've already changed my mind 14 times. But like, for instance, I would, I can't believe I put the, the Eagles down whenever I made the pick. Uh, I, like, I can't even believe I did that. Like I knew it was commanders. And in fact, I even wrote an article at SI saying I was really tempted to take commanders money line because I just had a feeling. So why in the world would I take the, e- I don't know. Anyway, maybe I should be cut off from making picks until like Saturday morning or something. I, it also makes it worse too when we have like the gold hats in the office. And I just stare at them. I go, someone else is getting oh, these. No. They're not going to me. That's why I don't go to the office. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that is your week 11 waiver wired. Remember, trade deadline this week. Make your trades if you want to make them. And we will be back same time next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. 